You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome back to the greatest show of all time. This is the NFC's mixtape, the greatest crossover ever attempted and successfully landed in the history of all mankind, all humans, all aliens, and everything otherwise. You can listen to this show on any of four different podcast networks here at SB Nation, blogging the boys for your Dallas Cowboys coverage, Bleeding Green Nation for Philadelphia Eagles, Hogshaven for Washington Commanders, and Big Blue View for New York Giants. I'm I am Arjo Cho from Blogging the Boys. He is Brandon Lee Gowden from Bleeding Green Nation. You can also watch us on the Bleeding Green Nation YouTube channel or Blogging the Boys YouTube channel. BLG, it's great to see your bright, shining, beautiful face and um your perfectly straight teeth. I'll just go ahead and say that there. That's not true. They're definitely messed up. But if you want to see that, <laughs> and if you're not if you're listening to the audio version and you're not seeing my not perfectly straight teeth and you want to see that you can do that by going to the youtube um but rj uh first i want to note that you went with welcome back instead of welcome one welcome all at the top yeah of the show. i gotta mix it up gotta keep you on bit. your toes you know so mixing it up on the mixtape and second of all i want to inform the listeners that you know i think at the end of the last episode that we did which is where we talked about our other teams that we kind of have a soft spot for i believe um we had teased we're gonna do a, a uh, you know, podcast with Jimmy Kemsky and have him on. Unfortunately, there was a death in my family. Uh, my grandmother passed away. Uh, she's a very special lady. Um, funeral's coming up. So it's just been chaotic. I bring it up just because, you know, it's been a chaotic. So I just wanted to keep the listeners, you know, informed of why, you know, we didn't deliver on what we said because there's been a lot of moving parts for me behind the scenes. So I appreciate your patience, RJ, and flexibility with all this and Jimmy Kemsky's as well because we haven't been able to do BGN Radio and uh, listeners as well for, for understanding in this time. Well, um, I know I speak for the listeners, Brandon, and saying you don't owe us anything, um, and we're all thinking of you and your family. Um, there's no love like a grandmother's love, and so um, I know how special that is. And so um, we all love you, uh, we all care for you, but um, but we want you to take care of you, and, and so um, that's what matters most. That's I know I speak for Jimmy too. I don't really, I don't know Jimmy. I feel like it's super awkward. Like Jimmy and I are like these like intimate parts of your life and we don't even know each other like that's just you know like i feel like he and i should like have some ground rules like how to treat brandon but we've never had that conversation so um but seriously like do what you need to do um we'll all be here when you're done when you're ready and um and we'll take care of that but um thank you uh so it's difficult to talk about football in the scheme of life or the grand scheme of life and that's just like part of like we we live somewhat public lives and like things that we do like ripple into work or whatever um and so it's difficult to always like kind of bring things back to football so i'm going to try um in Sorry. well i'm going to try and like i'm, I'm going to try to make it like mixtape you know what i'm saying like that's that's the mm-hmm. whole point here so um let me uh start with a, a random question like i always do um okay. i i have a i would like to know something that you think is one of the best feelings in the world like an oddly specific feeling and i have an example first if you need one 
Ooh. You know what's really underrated to me is a good stretch. Like you wake up oh, and not necessarily was right time. away. No, it's really good. Like it's not necessarily like right when you wake up immediately. No, but it's like in the morning and you're, maybe you're feeling a little bit tired and you just stretch. It's such a good feel. It really is. I feel like it's a great feeling. Underrated feeling. Mm-mm. That's a dumb answer compared to mine. Mine is super specific. Um, not like to me, but like to the situation. So um, I to be clear, have... just not not like a like you're getting into a yoga stretch. Like you have to stretch. Like you feel like you need to like stretch arm, and you like get it up. out. Yeah, it's like you have to. It's like almost an involntary stretch. Like that just feels really natural and good. Um. So we thing? don't have a. We don't have a lot of carpet in my house, which I'm happy about, like having a dog. You know what I mean? Like you don't want carpet, but like if you have carpet, I think you will understand this feeling. So like that's an admitted qualifier to have this feeling. You have carpet. Maybe it's even a little cool outside and you're walking around the house wearing socks, not shoes, just socks. And you're moving around, whatever this and that. And it's time to go to bed. And so you get you sit on the bed, whatever you take, you lift your foot up, you take the sock off so your foot doesn't touch the floor. And then you slip it into the sheet. That's an amazing feeling. Hmm. Very specific. Yeah, I don't have, don't really have carpeting. Try it. Um, I can't. I don't have carpeting. Well, go somewhere with carpet. Uh, get a rug. You know what I mean. <laughs> get a rug and just like scoot around on it. Like create some static electricity and um, and try it. Or if you, the listener, has have carpet, let us know. Um, by the way, um, on the subject of listening to things we are on, um. We were on another show together, the SB Nation NFL show on Monday, Football Monday. We did a quadcast, Brandon, myself, you, Pete Sweeney, uh, Rob Stetsguerra. We drafted MVP candidates for 2022. That went over rather well with people, it seems. It was a fun time. The listeners are seemingly liking it. Uh, Stats sabotaged our team, I feel like, with some very (laughs) dubious suspect picks, some Homer picks. One one pick especially. But uh yeah, it's definitely at the very least a fun listen. So go check that out if you have not already. If you listen to the if you listen to the mixtape, if you listen to Winning Your Nation, BGN Radio, if you listen to Blogging the Boys, you're gonna like the SB Nation NFL show. So go check it out. Um, okay. So uh what we're doing today is one or part one of two, because we like to do stuff like that. Uh it, I liked the terminology you came up with for this. I think last year we called it like the all NFC East team. That was stupid. Um, but you mm. said NFC East All-Stars. I really, really, really like that because in my mind, they're playing a game. They have like team uniforms. Uh, they're wearing their respective team helmets, like the Pro Bowl, you know what I mean? Uh, but there's like a process. There's like an event. They have like goodie bags. Like you set my mind down a spiral of hypotheticals, which I was, um, you know, pleasantly uh, enjoying. So uh, that being said, today is NFC East All-Stars, the offensive edition. Will you describe, Brandon, the 11 players that we will be fielding? You just made me think of how it might be interesting to also look at like just the 11 best players maybe from offense as opposed mm, to just position. Obviously, we would be forming a team. Yeah, but I don't. I think this is more interesting than that, to be clear. I just think that would be interesting to compare it, contrast it to. But as we did last year, we'll be going through an all-NFC East offense with a quarterback, a running back, often the, starting offensive line, obviously, and then one tight end and three receivers. I will note here that if the division had like really awful receivers and like two really amazing tight ends, we could maybe do a 12 personnel offense here, but that's not the case. It's definitely three receivers, one tight end. So that's where we're at. 
Mm. Okay. Uh, we've already done also coordinators and coaches, like to some degree, if we want at the end of this, we can do that. But, um, uh, but yeah, so, um, are you ready? By the way, I don't want you to look, uh, but I just, cause I know a lot of the Eagles fan, BGN radio fans follow me on Twitter. I love you guys. And I'm sure that I've said you with my feet. Well, I, I, I had a tweet right before we started recording. I told Brandon I needed a few more minutes because I was doing a billion things. Uh, and I, one of those things was I sent a tweet. Do not look at it, Brandon. Um, so because uh, it's a, kind of about what we're going to discuss. Um, so Looking but it it. It, uh, it poked some some Eagles. And so I just want you all to know that, that I, I literally just sent that tweet. That's the, the time zone I am in personally. Um, okay. So, um, yeah. But, uh, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, don't, oh. okay, we'll get into this later, but yes. Um, is, you reacted uh, to something. I I just saw a tweet. Um, so the Cowboys. Okay, the last thing that we start building the team. The Cowboys just tweeted out. Um, the, uh, the the tweet reads: Cowboys Nation, please welcome America's coffee to America's team. We are hmm. celebrating America's birthday all week long by giving away two tickets to a Cowboys home game. Blah blah. Uh, Michael Gelkin, who's one of the better Cowboy insiders, covers the team for the Dallas Morning News, quote tweeted that tweet from the team account. And Michael doesn't tweet things out unless like he's a very purposeful tweeter. Like, you know, there are some people who tweet like in a uh, casual way. Michael Gelkin is a very, very uh, purposeful and specific tweeter. Uh, He added Cowboys are marketing Black Rifle Coffee, a brand whose products include AK-47 Espresso Blend, Silencer Smooth Roast, and murdered out coffee roast as America's coffee. Uh, so maybe not the most, you know, socially aware thing to do in uh, in today's climate is really the the most nice way I can say that. I don't know that people were asking for more guns in their coffee is what I will say. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is, um, you know, th- this is the same off season that the Cowboys, by the way, Brandon, I'm sure you saw uh, officially partnered with a crypto company. So cryptocurrency mm. crypto company i don't Tough. know the proper verbiage so um yeah uh i'm so happy that now i have to deal with this in my life thank you very much cowboys appreciate you um okay are we ready to start the nfc east all-stars Wah! we'll start with the quarterback position obviously and yeah we will deck i mean i mean who else are yeah. you putting here no one is which is a really funny thing about the division there's a clear best quarterback in the division Although, of course, it's possible that, you know, Jalen Hurts gets better, has a has a good year. Um, it's also possible that Dak can be the best quarterback and the roster around him, which has gotten worse, isn't good enough. And he can't necessarily elevate it to the level that the Cowboys need him to, to go deep on a playoff run. So it's kind of an interesting way to think about what exactly this means. But there's no debate. I mean, it's Dak. Um, what do you have to say about it? <laughs> Well, first of all, I think it's interesting because my my mind went the same place you did, right? Like, oh wow, it's like it's it's rare that you know you have a division where it's it's like it's not a discussion or like nobody can argue that Dak is the best quarterback in the division. Doesn't every division in the NFC have that same like set of circumstances? Like, is there is there an NFC division where it's like debatable who the best quarterback? Maybe the NFC West if you are like a big Kyler stan, but that's it. I mean, right? Like, it's, Rogers, it's clearly Dak, Brady. it's clearly Rodgers, clearly Brady. And clearly, you know, Matthew Stafford, I think, especially after one of the, like, you know how it's like, oh, yeah, he's a Super Bowl. Kyler doesn't have a Super Bowl. Kyler, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's impossible. Meanwhile, what, well, yeah, stats, <laughs> if, if you listened to Monday Football Monday, then maybe you know that stats uh, contends that. But, uh, but in the AFC, for example, I'm coming back to Dak, but like the AFC West, there's 
like there's a lot of Herbert stands, including yourself. The AFC South now has Matt Ryan, um, who I don't believe in, whatever. But in the AFC North is a huge debate, right? Like who the best quarterback is. Um, and mm-hmm. the AFC East is the only one that is like undisputed. Yeah. So it's I thought that was Jack interesting, Wilson, right? Ah, <laughs> uh, um, that's true. Yeah, I have no, a couple de- questions at this okay. position. First one is who is the second best quarterback? Would you say it's, it's Hurts? It's Jalen Hurts. Or is it Wentz? Man, that's such a good question. It might be Wentz. Um, like, I like if I. This is a stupid way to say, it, but like, if they were in a draft, I think Wentz would go first. But I would rather have Hurts leading my team. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think. It like, does I'd rather I'd rather have a lesser player on my football team where chemistry is a, is an important factor. You know what I mean? Well, I also think you're going with more upside. I think Hurts definitely has more upside than Wentz does at this point. And durability, I think what Hertz also offers a higher floor, honestly, just because of his rushing ability and everything. Um, the other question I had, so I think this is a little interesting. Who is the best backup quarterback in this division? Would you rather have Gardner Minshew, Tyrod Taylor, or Taylor Heineke? It's funny that the Cowboys are so clearly and obviously last. Yeah, and right. and, well, and and that their backup won a game last year. You know what I mean? Cooper is this Rush? like the best backup? quarterback division like because those are some pretty good backups dude there. that's such a great question um i think the best one's probably taylor heineke hmm. i think again i would maybe like you could argue that Minshew has more upside in like a ironically because it's of, of you know who taylor heineke like di- you know sort of replaced but in like a fitzpatricky sort of way right like in a he could he could have like a 350 yard game but he could also throw like six interceptions um, so, you know, maybe lower floor, like Taylor Heineke might have the highest floor. It's probably the best way to say it. And like, you want that, you want the more stable backup quarterback option. All these players could like reasonably start for, you know, one of the lesser teams in the league and it wouldn't be like a disgrace. But yeah, it's reasonable. Like it's not, it's not their long-term answer, but you know, it makes sense for now. Uh, and even Cooper Rush, who is the worst of this group, like, okay, he helped. I mean, the Cowboys won with him last year against the Vikings. So mm-hmm. like, that's, if that's your worst backup quarterback in the division, like you could do worse than that. Yeah, I mean, who's the Panthers' backup quarterback right now? Uh, is it still P.J. Walker, maybe? I think so. Um, they but drafted like, or, or Matt Corral, I guess. Oh, you're right, you're right. Um, but who would you rather have starting for your NFL team? Sam Donald or any of the NFC's backup quarterbacks? Oh, come on. Yeah, <laughs> same thing with, like, Seattle. Like, would you rather have Drew Locke or literally any of these guys? By the way, um, Taylor. just – just because of the time that we're recording, the Drew Lock U.S. Open Twitter thing was so. Oh funny. yeah, just it was. That was dumb. great. I didn't. Find no, it, it was to good. No, it was it was funny at first, and then it like went on and on and, and like Drew Lock like clapping well, I didn't back. See and, that. Like it was it was stupid. Like it was just the initial thing was funny. We could have just let it be, but no, we had to like over internet it because that's what we do in today's. I okay. mean, that's like I didn't see the really rest. Did, yeah, yeah, I didn't see the rest. I I was commenting on the first thing, and hey, let's go, Rafael Nadal. Let's, let's uh, hope he gets another Wimbledon here. Uh, moving uh, on to running back, if you're ready. Uh, so I don't even get to offer any Dak thoughts. I guess that's just my point. Like, wow. I mean, what's I, I say? Like, there's nothing interesting to say. I think the gap, I used to think that the gap was largest between Dak and the field in any division, but I think it's probably larger between Brady and the field. But like that, that has nothing to do with like Brady. That's just like the other NFC South teams have like completely collapsed. Like the closest thing was Matt Ryan. And then obviously the Falcons just had a mess of an off season. So like, I mean, my, my point is Dak is very, very, very comfortable. Like, I don't even know. Like, 
out, outside of any of the other teams acquiring a new quarterback in 2023, Dak is comfortably the best in the division for the foreseeable future. Scale of 1 to 10, what's your confidence level in Dak Prescott being the Super Bowl winning quarterback for the Cowboys? 10. Like I'm being I, the I'm, most confident. Okay. Like he, he checks the boxes of like what that position needs. And I say that position like relative to the Cowboys because I know you love this. A 10? Like, really? Like, so you wouldn't take anyone no, over like him he, then, if you're saying 10? No, that's not how I'm evaluating it. I'm, I'm evaluating it like, does he have the necessary things to be the Super Bowl winning quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys? And again, like I add that last part because it's specific. I don't think that, I don't think that, you know, like, I don't know. Matthew Stafford or somebody could do it for the Cowboys. It's different. I mean, like it, it is different. Like it's maybe not seismically different the way it used to be, but it is different. So I think that Dak checks all of those boxes. He has the necessary ingredients, but you're right. It is like, this is a big year for him without Amari Cooper. Now it's like, okay, dude, be the guy, like lead the team, carry, like elevate people. And he's done that before to different degrees, but um, he's going to have to do it, you know, kind of on a weekly basis now, but okay. Moving to running back to your point. Um, this is, this is a really interesting one. So like we've got, mm. We've got Antonio Gibson. We've got Miles Sanders, aka the author of the real All Stars. Uh, <laughs> we've, we've got Saquon Barkley, and we've got Zeke Elliott. Um, do you want my answer? Because you kind of actually went first with Dak, or you want yeah, your you answer? Like Tony Pollard. I think I, yeah. kind of like on the backup flavor. I think he's the like. If we just evaluate, like if they were in a draft, I think Tony Pollard would go first. He's the best runner on on any of these four teams. He's obviously not the most accomplished. He's not even like the second or third most accomplished. He has less carries. I don't know if you know this. In his three seasons with the Cowboys, than Zeke Elliott had just his rookie year. Um, sure. And he's crimin he's criminally underused. We we know all the narratives, but he is the best player at the position on any of these four teams. He was fourth in yards after contact per attempt last year, just behind Rashad Penny, Nick Chubb. And Jonathan Taylor. And obviously Penny isn't like a stud, but he, he went on that crazy tear at the end of the season. So that's you know pretty good company to be in. Also, Zeke is kind of cooked, like relatively, like he just had so many carries. I don't trust it. Uh there's I think there's more upside with Tony Pollard. I know there's there's some reason probably why he hasn't been a volume guy sure. yet, and he hasn't proven that he can handle a volume, but for what his role has been, and also he gives you some special teams value, and also like I saw, so not to take shots at our good friends at Hogs Haven, but to take a shot at our friends at Hogs Haven, who actually did an all-NFC's team in an article for their own, they had Saquon at running back. And I'm like, what are we doing? Like, what? How? why are we just giving Saquon the benefit of the doubt? He's played in 15 games the last two years, and he has a 3.5 <sighs> yards per carry. Like, no, like, maybe he comes back this year and lights it up. Okay, but fine. He has to do that to get the benefit of the doubt again. He has to earn that back. No one should be putting him as the top running back in this division. I don't think he, he even has to earn it back. I think he has to earn it, period. Like, you know, like, fine. He had a, a, a fine rookie year. You know what I mean? Like, he, like, but he would, like, did you ever, was there ever a point where you were like, holy crap, they have one of the best running backs in the NFL? No, like, you were like, he's just a what, good running back. That's so yes. long ago, too. It's forever I mean, ago. It's it is like the the same distance of time exists between then and now as is between then and the 2014 season. You know, with Mark Sanchez, you know, leading the Eagles partly. So, anyway, right, um, yeah. Say so the answer is Tony Pollard. Again, if we're if we're fielding the truly best, most talented people, it's Tony Pollard. It's not Zeke. It's not Saquon. I know that Antonio Gibson could be used like Christian McCaffrey, no. Rivera, but like no. it's and second might be. JD McKissick, even like, you know what I mean? Like it's a weird group of running backs. Like I'm, I don't seriously mean that, but like, he's not like out of contention for second place. 
I think Pollard's pass catching ability, which I'm not sure if we mentioned too, definitely helps him. And I said to you earlier, I think when we were doing our underrated, overrated thing, that Tony Pollard graded out better in pass protection than like Zeke did last year. Mm -hmm. Take that for what it's worth from PFF. So like you can't even say like that's like this massive hole that could keep him off the field too. So yeah, I think Pollard is the right pick here. Again, I questions about his volume, uh, his ability to handle that, but he's I would say he's the most efficient and kind of reliable and best upside option when you mix everything together like sanders is really efficient and has been but there's been availability issues and as he's actually had volume carries jimmy kempsey made a good note of this recently like the more the games he's had like highest volume carries he's gotten hurt and he's got hurt mm -hmm. he's gotten hurt not too far not too long after that so like that's a red flag there and then he's had some fumbling issues and he has really faded since his rookie year as being a reliable pass catcher. So I, I can't go Sanders, even though he has like the best yards per carry numbers. I think it's Pollard. Just uh, because we're here um, and it happened like hours after we recorded the mixtape last week. Um, did you find the all-star team comment annoying, funny and like, were you indifferent about it? Um, Cause I, obviously we had fun, our fun with it and there were a lot of Eagles fans I saw that were like, <sighs> Like, I wonder if that was your emotional reaction. Yeah, I mean, it is. Like, it doesn't benefit anyone to say that. And it was kind of funny that AJ Brown, like, clapped back a little bit and tried to, like, explain what should have been said. But, you know, it's, it's a little weird because Sanders isn't that kind of guy who just, like, says something like that out of the blue. He's usually pretty more grounded, one of the more grounded players on the team. So... I think it's not the, the words themselves don't matter. Like you can say anything. It's it's if if they actually believe that, then I'm, I'm a little more worried if they actually think. And historically, when you look at like Eagles win totals, uh, projected win totals, and when they're higher, like they they typically underperform that. Like historically speaking, not always, but historically, like they're not good at always living up to the hype. So, and as I've said all along. And why one of the reasons like I'm not ready to go like all in and say this is the Super Bowl contender of a team. Beat one good team. They've not beaten one good team since Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts like have been here since last year. The best team they beat again last year was like the Saints, who were starting Trevor Simeon. Like beat one good team, and then we can start talking about being like you know a team that is really good and belongs. So I didn't love it. It's not like a disaster to me, but it's not a good vibes move. I actually think it's worse vibes than the dream team thing, only because it's coming like it would still be bad vibes if AJ Brown says it right. But at the very least, AJ is the, like the new alpha coming to town. Like he's, he's a new Pro part Lord. of the regime. Well, yeah, that too. But like, it's like miles, you've been a part of the teams that suck. Like, you know, <laughs> like, well, like what have you done to like elevate this group? Yeah, I mean, you were very, very famously Saquon's backup at Penn state. So, uh, but anyway, let's move on left tackle. Uh, or do we want to go to other position? Let's go positions first. I want to do the, the offensive line because okay. I don't know. I feel like if we, if we, get all the skill positions out of the way, then people just are going to turn it off for the oh, offensive line. BLG knows you are. Okay, left tackles Tyron Smith. Like, do we have to waste time? Right, like. I don't, I think you have to make the case for Jordan Mylotta here. You look at oh my gosh, what a PFF's grading last year. Look at PFF's grading and take it for what it's worth. Okay. Jordan who's the, right who's the, who, who, can you Smith. please Tyron's tell me the, the top second. three tackles from an offensive grade standpoint at PFF? Can you I forget that? number one, but Tyron Smith was second, and Mylotta was is right one. behind him. Okay. That makes sense. And my ladder right behind him at number three. Also, mm -hmm. my ladder has the versatility to play right tackle. I don't think that's irrelevant. He is younger. He is much more durable. As you have mentioned before, Tyron Smith has played 
and you know he's missed so many games per season. I did the math. He has played in just 65 out of the last 97 possible games in the regular season for the Cowboys, meaning he's been available just 67% of the time. Uh, in There's a whole season miss there, but you're you're right, right? Okay. Well, he's missed an average of 7.7 games the past three years. Like that's all that's significant. You and you know, everyone knows Tyron Smith is going to miss probably at least two games this year. Like he's going to miss games, sure. like plural, not just one, probably multiple. And that's a, like that's a big deal. So it's hard to say Mylotta has earned it just in terms of you know longevity and everything. But durability is an issue, and I think like you have to. This isn't. This shouldn't just be a no brainer. And Mylotta is definitely overpassed. Like I think you have to bring him up here and being like on the rise and being able to take that over. Um. So a few things. One, again, just to be very clear, the entire basically Tyron played one game in 2020 and then missed the rest. And so like that's inflating what you're talking about. It's all true, like what you said, like literally and I mean, mathematically. The are there. It, it's it, not I'm like just he saying, broke a finger. It's like these are I, like serious injury issues too. I I agree, but again, like if we are leaning on, you know, we are using you know PFF to a degree here, just you know for some, you know, some would say not objective, but well, objective like data, line. right? Um, they, from a pass blocking standpoint, their top three tackles in 2021, uh, Andrew Whitworth, Charles Leno Jr. So shout out to the commanders, um, and Tyron Smith, number three, Jordan Mailata is four, five, six, seven uh, from a pass blocking okay. standpoint. Uh, and then from a run blocking standpoint, uh, the top three, Trent Williams, who was number one overall, um, again, Tyron Smith, number two, and Lyle Collins, number three. Thank goodness the Cowboys <laughs> got rid of him. What an awesome decision. Uh, but Jordan, my <laughs> Jordan, my was fifth. So Tyron outranks him overall from a pass blocking standpoint and a run blocking standpoint. I agree that Jordan Mailata's street cred needs to be elevated. If that's the like the argument you're making, fine. Like I don't think anybody's like disagreeing. He like he obviously took an important step last year. I and I think if we're if we're assembling who do we want to play, like who do we want to field for an entire like 17 game season? If that's the question, then maybe you're like I would rather take the lesser player who is less likely to miss time. I can understand that argument, but if we're fielding, if we're like grading, if we're establishing all stars, I think Tyron is the, is the better player. So I think you have to say that, but like this still is an important discussion that we had to have. Yeah. I, that's exactly the point. Like it's, I put Tyron Smith, but I, I put also down, like, I think you have to think of, it's not to me, it's not just like, okay, Tyron Smith, next one. It's like, no, it's like, well, let me think like my lot is younger and there could be more upside. Let me, okay. I'm going to go with Tyron Smith, but I, I thought about it. I gave it some thought. That's all I wanted to do. If you wanted to, I don't care because it's not going to be Terrence Steele. <laughs> but if you wanted to play Jordan Mylotta at right tackle, if we want to cheat a little bit here, you can. No disrespect intended towards Lane Johnson. I don't but think if you you're truly that, yeah. All I'm saying is, if you're truly interested in fielding like the best five, that that argument you just made that argument is my point. Um, but okay, um, I don't have a like a a take I feel passionately about when it comes to left guard. I, like mm -hmm. this, this is like the weakest part of the entire group i think uh, there's there's not it a is. really good option to choose from i put landon dickerson and before you say that's a homer pick i mean and, and i don't fairness, think it's a better pick. he was a better run blocker than a pass blocker last year which i think is something to monitor moving forward especially as the eagles try to go more pass heavy so we'll see how this holds up um but he got better as the year went on and part of that was the eagles running the ball more also, I think we should note that he should be healthier this year, knock on wood, because, you know, he entered last season. He, he didn't participate in training camp at all. So um, to, to go from that and then having to be forced into the lineup as early, I believe, as like week two, week three, uh, like that was kind of not ideal for him. And he still did 
reasonably well given the circumstances. So I think being healthy, um, being more cemented in that. And then he, also, he was also flipping between right guard and left guard. So being settled in one spot, playing next to Jordan Malata, being healthier, I think there's reason. I think you have to bet with the upside at this position as opposed to like you could go with Mark Lewinsky, like who actually had like a similar PFF grade to Dickerson. Maybe he's a better player right now, like at this very moment in time. But again, I think you have to go with upside and then versatility too. Like Dickerson, in theory, can play tackle and center, like every position. So I think that's also valuable. So I think it's Dickerson. Uh, I know Hogshaven had Andrew Norwell, but like miss me with that. This dude just got cut by like the Jags, right? Like I'm not saying um, he's trash, but like like come on. I agree with everything you said. Um, and so first of all, congratulations to somebody else from the Cowboys finally making the NFC all-star team. Uh, it's great to see you guys, you know, starting to show up a little bit, but, um, but I, I think we like, I know that Eagles fans like hated Landon Dickerson last year. So like, it's interesting to hear you like go to bat. I don't him. think that's Every, true. Everybody hated him last year. Don't act like I, I see all the tweets. Everybody hated him last year. Um, I, the only thing, because like I said, I mean, I think you laid the point out. And we already like kind of said this position is kind of like a desert. The, if you're betting on upside, and not that you want to bet on this, but like I don't think either of us would be surprised if Tyler Smith does like if the we wouldn't be surprised if the Cowboys hit a home run with a rookie offensive lineman, right? Like at, at guard. Like I mean, no, like in I a mean, vacuum. Like, I, I'm, in a yeah, vacuum, I'm not, yes, exactly. But with like, him, not I'm, sure. I'm not trying to be a homer. I'm really not. But it like. I would not be, it would not be the most shocking thing in the world if they pulled that off. Right. And so like, I could see us sitting here a year from now being like, holy crap, like Tyler Smith, like really cemented himself as the best left guard in the NFL or not the NFL in the division. Um, and so that's all I'm saying. I mean, like, just keep an eye on Tyler Smith, the kind of, you know, we're, we're throwing things out. So, uh, congratulations to Landon Dickerson, uh, center. If you'll allow me, Brandon, I will go first. Um, <laughs> I know that I have upset. I've peed into the wind several times on this subject. So you know mm, what? I'm peeing, gross. I'm peeing down, peeing down wind here. Just not, not even wasting my time. Jason Kelsey, let's go. All right. You know, let's just move on. And then, you know, you can, you can get out of this division. You can, a, a year from now, we won't have to talk about it because I'll be retired. So Jason Kelsey, boom. Tom's off. I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's true. You're talking about a player again. It's like what? First team all pro three of the last four years. Like, I don't know. He's definitely gone after this season. And I will say Chase Rullier was right behind Jason Kelsey in PFF's grading for whatever that's worth. Uh, Kelsey was third best center. Rulier was the fourth best center. So I thought that was a little interesting. But I mean, come on. How are you not going to go with Jason Kelsey? Future Hall of Famer, uh, clear best of the position. Like Tyler Biotis, no. Like replacement level starter, really, at center. And then the Giants got John Feliciano, who's really just like a stopgap for them. So uh, not the biggest competition in the division, but it's definitely Kelsey at the top. What are you writing down, by the way? I'm writing still her. Well, I mean, just so people can see how the sausage gets made, I am writing all of the names that we're choosing here. Okay. Because uh, I'm gonna because I'm gonna write an article about this at blogontheboys.com. You know, that's that's what we do. You 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 record a pod, you write the article. You you know what I mean? Like everything. Let's just move. Let's just keep this this machine going. I like getting paid. You know what I mean by our bosses. I want to keep doing that. So if uh, if any of our bosses are listening, Brandon didn't write anything down while we were recording. Just so you know, I did. Just, you know. I have it all written down here. I'm looking at my screen. I have it written down on my screen. Uh, I, know, and but... I don't think we've really we've we haven't disagreed about anything. <laughs> All of these picks have been on the same page. I just wanted to make the case for my lot of well, before we just moved on from it. That's but, about it. But here's the thing: I can't. I'm not writing down my list. I'm writing down our group list. So when I write the article, I'm say, saying. these are the NFC the East All Stars. 
You know what, Brandon? They're you're, lazy. You're, you're lazy. You just want to use your computer, right? You know, wow, They're technology for everything. Man, I remember a simpler time where we would write things down, all right? Um, I think but, this oh. one is the least amount of time required, and it's just right. It's Zach Martin at right guard. I mean, yeah. I, I don't even know 100% who the Eagles' right guard is going to be. Probably Sumalo, but in theory, it could be Jack Driscoll. Um, I mean, I don't know who else you're even considering in this division. I only wanted to say one thing about Zach Martin, um, just like for my own personal like joy, I guess. Um, I personally started to grow concerned in 2020 because he missed time. He only played 10 games. That was the first year, granted, in two, or he was drafted in 2014. First year, he wasn't a pro bowler or an all pro. I know pro bowler is not like a big deal, but still, like that was the first year he wasn't either one. He'd been a pro bowler to, you know, or in an all pro to some degree every year of his career. Got back on track last year, pro bowler, all pro, and played 16 games. So, you know, like I was a little spooked that we were entering Tyron territory from like a health standpoint for Zach Martin. I realize he's older and like, you never know, like obviously the way things go, but last year was a great, like sort of rebound. I was really, 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 you know, kind of wanting to see that. And we got it. So I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit more encouraged by Zach Martin entering 2022 than I thought I would be a year ago. Okay. Over Trey Turner as well. Right. Uh, right tackle. I mean, is it Lane Johnson? I mean, I don't, I, I... I don't think, you know, I mean, look, the, these are the options, right? Terrence Steele. It's not Terrence Steele, obviously. No, uh, it's, it's Lane Johnson, as mentioned, um, Sam Cosme and Evan Neal. I mean, and like, we'll see, like, maybe if you want to make an argument about upside, right? Like you never know, mm -hmm. but I mean, it's, it's Lane Johnson. Like for now, again, if we're establishing who the all-stars are today. He was PFF's 10th best graded offensive tackle last year. I think if we're talking oh, now about the most grades matter, players, but when it's Tyron, they're stupid, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I brought him up with Tyron, so I don't know how this argument works for you. But uh, if we're talking about nationally underrated players, not underrated by like you know us and people in the know, but if we're talking about national, I think Lane Johnson continues to be by virtue of his position. Like if he played left tackle, he'd probably get a lot more respect than he currently does, just because that's how. The positions are viewed by many analysts and whatnot, but Lane is great. He's an all-pro caliber, Pro Bowl, in, you're in, you're out kind of player. Um, I think to, to go through what he did last year with his battle with mental health and everything and, and mm -hmm. be able to come back and play at such a high level was really commendable and, and obviously a lot of respect for him for having the vulnerability to, to you know, uh, go through what he did and share it with everyone. So Lane's awesome, uh, awesome personality, awesome guy by – all accounts that I know of and a great player too. And I think again, kind of a little underappreciated from a terms in terms of recognition. So uh, at least we love him here on the show. We give him love. So there you go. Starting right tackle Lane Johnson. I agree. Um, and, and again, like a great person by all accounts. And, and certainly we're all rooting for that element of him. No Cowboys fans rooting for him to have like, you know, I'm not, I don't want him to like, you know, like get cut or anything, but like, I just want him to be like an average and like, have guy. a great, have a great NFL career. Just don't help your team win games. That's really a kind of what I want. Um, but okay. So all told our offensive line from left to right, Tyron Smith, Landon Dickerson, Jason Kelsey, Zach Martin, uh, Lane Johnson. So three Eagles, two Cowboys. We have an all Cowboys backfield in Dak Prescott and Tony Pollard Hogshaven and big blue view listeners. 
He is on Twitter and Instagram <laughs> at Brandon Godden. I am on Twitter and Instagram at Arjo Ochoa. I challenge you to find a spot where we are, you know, right. allegedly being homers. Like, I, I cannot – I don't think of the positions we've named here, Brandon, quarterback, running back, and the offensive line, I don't think there's an objective argument for any commander or giant. Again, the Evan Neal thing is like an upside thing. Um, So maybe, like in the future. I don't think you can make an argument for any commander, though, except for maybe backup quarterback. Um, like we talked about, <laughs> that's yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm having a tough time seeing it. Like, I, even if you're the biggest Antonio Gibson guy, I just think the numbers really aren't there. Just, I just, yeah, I'm I'm seeing a tough time. I mean, again, maybe if you want to argue, Andrew Norwell gets back to a high level. Mm-hmm. Okay, like you could put him at left. It's possible. It's feasible. But are you really jazzed about that? Do you really have all the things you could argue in your life? Do you want to spend time on that? I don't think so. That's true. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian Software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Okay, so we have four left. Do you want to do tight end first or save it and do all the wide receivers? Let's do tight end because I think it's also another answer that is clear cuts, oh. even though you're tweeting something out, some so, nonsense out here. I tweeted out uh, the production for, and I listed the amount of games played. That's, I get, you know, people uh-huh. like, you didn't even, you left this out. Well, no, I gave you all the information you needed did to you, come did you to put targets. Did you put targets I did not. in there? No, I because I, I don't, okay. no, I don't think that's relevant, relevant here. Uh, so Why Dallas Goddard, relevant? Dallas Goddard over the last two years. Okay. 26 games. 
102 receptions uh-huh. to and this is against Dalton Schultz or last year's so 102 to Schultz's 141 and granted uh with seven fewer games so 102 to 141 receptions 1,354 receiving yards to Schultz's 1,423 receiving yards seven receiving touchdowns to Schultz's 12 receiving touchdowns it's worth mentioning that Dallas Goddard has seven mm-hmm. over the last two years combined Dalton Schultz had eight last year alone mm-hmm. yeah, Dalton, close. Schultz Dalton Schultz Cowboys got the better behind. tight end in 2018 did Dalton Schultz play behind a future Hall of Fame slash, you know, Pro oh, Bowl kind of caliber tight end? Like every every 2017 time. Eagles in the Hall of Fame now. Just every okay, let's one. say he's not even a Hall of Famer. Let's say because he, he was a Pro Bowler. Was Dalton Schultz ever playing behind another Pro Bowl was that, tight end? Was Zach Ertz a, a Pro Bowl caliber player early on last year? Was he really like we're going to go that far? He was, he I was mean, that like, caliber the, dude. The point is he, he had that reputation it was getting the playing time of that player still or at least but the point is of there was course. clearly a timeshare here and dallas got his no, but volume like if, there was, if you want to talk about timeshare dalton, dalton schultz had to hold fight on. for targets in an offense with amari cooper michael gallup cd lamb and that loves to hand uh, the ball off the to top Z. tight end though like when you want to go so to the what? tight end he's, you're going to he's, that he's, guy but so he's still lower in the position. totem he's still lower in priority Sure, but again, you're, you're, it's a different thing. You're playing two players at one position, basically, and the, you can only do that so much. Also, you're doing it in the heaviest run offense in the NFL. So again, didn't exactly have the best situation for targets. If you want to go to the PFF grades, RJ, and I know you do, mm. Dallas got it tied for second with George Kittle last year as the NFL's second best tight end. And I will mention if it wasn't clear already, that this will be his first full season without oh, Zach Ertz here. If we go. take Dallas Goddard's stats from last year as the top tight end with Ertz gone, and There's we prorate them, which isn't here. a perfect science. It's not a perfect science, but for context, you would have had 117 targets, 83 receptions, 1,200 yards, four touchdowns. That would have been second mm-hmm. in tight end receiving yards last year, just for context, behind Travis Kelsey, who had 1,361. So... There's every reason to but believe if, that Dallas but you can play that context game. Again. You can play that context game the other way because Goddard has had four years of legitimate usage, right? Like I'm like obviously Zach Ertz has existed for not 100 percent of that, but what, like 92 percent or whatever it is. Uh, maybe most of it. I don't know, but like most didn't of it really ever least, get hurt. Right. Okay. So he's had to contend with with Zach Ertz, but still, like Eagles again, you know, lots of two tight end sets, whatever things like that. Dalton Schultz was insignificant his NFL career for the first two years. And so he's really only like been an, I don't want to say an active NFL player, but like he's really only been active as a part of the offense for two years. So like he hasn't even like grown in the same, he hasn't had the same opportunity for growth as Dallas Goddard. You can make a huge argument that, that the, the like, you know, ceiling is higher for Dalton Schultz in that sense. I mean, like the production is there for Schultz over the last two years over Dallas Scott. That's the same sort of window. There's a lot of extenuating circumstances and factors here to your point, but same, that's the Jalen Hurts era to a, to a large degree. I know it's not like a whole thing again because of Lance and whatnot, but like that's the Jalen Hurts era. Schultz also dealt without Dak Prescott for a huge chunk of his first season as an NFL player. He's really, Dalton Schultz has had one season in the NFL with a top quarterback, week in and week out, and he was incredibly productive throughout it. Okay. Jalen Hurts doesn't throw over the middle of the field, and Dallas got it. So then why do I want Dallas got it? Like, if I, why do I want him if he's on an offense that isn't going to be thrown? Like, that's stupid. I don't want Dallas Well, I mean, the quarter, Jalen Hurts isn't our quarterback for this NFC's team. Um, 
I really think this is a split, and th- that's how I'm gonna like. No, it's not. This. It's no, it's it not. is a it's split. A no, we we have 50 50 vote. Like the, like that's how no. this works. This is truly a split. No. I, it's absolutely the production overwhelmingly absolutely favors not. Dalton Schultz. The production he has Anyone the production. All, all Dalton Schultz Anyone has is these like ifs. If, if Zach Ertz didn't exist, if he had a better quarterback, blah blah. No, at some point you have to find a way, and he didn't. I mean, he hasn't. That's hey. And again, this like idea that like oh he his ceiling was so limited because of Zach Ertz's presence. Again, Dalton Schultz. Not, I mean, not not on a, as run heavy of an offense as the Eagles, obviously, but had to contend for targets in an offense that featured three pass catchers that were higher than him on the priority list. That was not the case for. Dallas got it. Dalton Schultz with a 10.0 yards per reception mark over his career. Really scintillating stuff there. Have to I really have to be afraid of that. Down. At 12. Okay. It's got her. <laughs> like, it's it's, it's no, just it, ridiculous. It's not a split. I'm reminding Schultz. Can we, can we, can we pick it's, one player? It's, I it's just a, it's, it's, a, no. it's a starting eleven. One player. It's a it's a well, split. Then I want to split and, my lot in Tyron Smith then. Oh my gosh, the insult to Tyron Smith. That is so ridiculous. I will give you this out of the kindness of my heart. But I, I'm going to make a huge case about it when I write the article. So just so you know. That's fine. But it's got it. <laughs> uh, okay. So the receivers, this is where it gets interesting, I feel like. Um, I think we're going to have the same okay. answers, but the discussion is interesting. Okay. Th- then the three, just because let's just like blitz through it so we can discuss it. AJ Brown, Terry McGuire, and CD Lamb. Yeah. And I, I think okay. it's just like, I think you're overthinking it here. If you're like, we have to shoehorn these guys into specific, like this guy has to play the slot. I mean, no, these are all like, these are the three best receivers. Although I do think, and this goes to my point and against your point of Devontae Smith being overrated because he's not even making the top three receivers list in his own division. I think there's a good chance. And I talked about this with Jimmy on BGN radio. I think we both took like Devontae over AJ Brown and a lot of uh, over under like projections that we did. And that's a different game, but I understand what you're right. I think people are sleeping on Devontae a little bit, and I think Devontae's being a little bit underrated and AJ Brown's being a little bit overrated, just at where things are, um, in part because he's the shiny new toy. But I think Hurts having that experience with Devontae Smith and it's limited sample size, but just even looking at it in the couple OTA practices that I saw, like Hurts and Smith were so clicking. They were on the same page, and AJ Brown and Hurts weren't. And I'm not like concerned about that because it's an OTA practice and it was like one of two, but I just think that kind of speaks to, uh, I think Devontae Smith being a little slept on. I had him as a top three guy last year. I don't regret that. I think there's a very much a, a realistic world where he ends up being better slash more uh, respected than A.J. Brown at the end of the year. But for now, I think because of his track record, A.J. Brown gets the nod. And then you, um, you talk about the I, guys, I, I agree. And I actually think... Like I, I stand by everything I said about Devontae Smith to this point, but I do think it's a good thing for him that he doesn't have to deal with the like call it the expectations that uh, generally a star wide receiver has to in their second year because by then it's like you have to be the guy, you have to become the alpha, like blah 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 blah. And I think CD benefited from that, right? Like CD's entering his third season in the NFL and he's never had to be the dude until now, and so it certainly helps that he has two years of NFL experience. Um, and so Devontae doesn't have that same sort of like spotlight on him because it does exist for AJ Brown. Um, so that's my point there. But um, that being said, I, I I don't know how AJ like AJ is clearly the best receiver in the division. McLaurin is clearly the second best receiver in the division. I think CD is clearly the third best receiver in the division. I think the highest upside exists for Devontae. I think the highest floor exists from Michael Gallup. Um, and mm. I think that the ones that could surprise us are Kadarius Tony 
or Kenny Galladay. Like, I think that's how I view the whole group as a whole. I think everybody else kind of like, I think that's all the, all the boxes that they fit into. Um, but I, I still like the production isn't there for Devonte to like really be overwhelmed. I think it's interesting that you put up a, a larger fight for him last year. Then you were like super accepting of this right now. And some of that's just like the change that's happened here. My question to you is if Amari Cooper were still on the Cowboys, who is he replacing here? CD, right? Like CD gets the bump out and it's, it's AJ yeah. Terry and, and Amari. Right. Um, that's interesting. So the Cowboys traded away a top three receiver in the division. I think he's even a top two. Like you can make an argument that maybe AJ Brown's better. Maybe you prefer that, but he's better than Terry McLaurin, or at least what the Cowboys he is. I don't know. You know, that that will be a fascinating litmus test to see Amari in Cleveland, although obviously they have their own issues. We did not discuss because it happened after we recorded Terry McLaurin's new deal. Um, is that that mm. did happen. Um, he's awesome. Like we, we've this has been like the Terry McLaurin show in many different times in many different terms. It's a bummer that he's sticking around. Um, but I mean He's, I think he's, you're right. He's properly rated now, especially after the contract. Like he's just kind of like in the right neck of the woods as far as where he belongs. Yeah. Um, I, I do agree with my own opinion on that. I wanted to ask you, who would you have as the fourth and fifth receiver here for sure? And also like, obviously it's not like a real roster where they're playing special teams, but like, like who are the next best wide receivers that if, if somehow there was an injury or two at receiver at this team, we would, we would plug them in next. I would say Devonte is one of them. I'm guessing you're taking Gallup it's, for the other. It's that's the five, like in whatever order you would rank them. I would still put. I don't Gallup think you can put Tony up there yet. No, I I would put I would rank them AJ McLaurin, CD Gallup, Devonte, and again, some of that is just that we haven't seen it from Devonte Smith. I I t- totally agree that he has a higher upside than Michael Gallup, but I think Gallup's floor is larger right now, and so like I think he's a better receiver today. That can obviously change, and he's coming back from the injury and things like that. Um, but those are the five. I mean, like without question, I don't think that that's a shock by any means. Um, and I think if you have to come up with an honorable mention, I don't know that it's Kadarius Tony. I mean, like, like, I mean, I honestly, like it might be Jahan Dotson. Like if I have to come up with a sixth, I might prefer him. I've said this before, but I'll say it again. Trayvon Diggs caught more passes in the MetLife end zone last season than Kadarius Tony and Kenny Galladay combined. Um, so, I mean, like, I just have a hard time believing in them. It's, it's nothing but upside. Like you're, you're only banking on like ideas and hopes. Like there's no real production to believe in. I think Galladay might, I think I'd give him the nod in terms of he's just done it before. Like Tony has more of the upside, whereas Galladay has more of like, he's done it in the past at least. So maybe he can get back to that level. I think he'll bounce back a little bit, but, uh, I could be falling for a sucker's bet, but in any case, like, you know, pretty talented division at this position. So um, the NFC East All-Stars as compiled by the dudes who run Bleeding Green Nation and Blogging the Boys, SB Nation's home for Eagles and Cowboys content. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> at quarterback, Dak Prescott. At running back, Tony Pollard. Our offensive line left to right, Tyron Smith, Landon Dickerson, Jason Kelsey, Zach Martin, Lane Johnson. Tight end featured the most debate. Um, it was really Dalton Schultz, but we went with Dallas Goddard. AJ Brown at receiver, Terry McLaurin following up, and CD Lamb. So of eleven positions, one went to a non-Eagle or Cowboy. And honestly, I think that's very fair. I don't, I don't think that like you know, I know we get con- you know accused by the Commanders and Giants fans of like not paying a- any love or any attention to them. Be good. Like I would love to sit here and like talk <laughs> about that, but like that those those aren't real viable factors. They'll have a larger presence on the defensive side of the ball. But when it comes to the offense, they have nothing to write home about, except for Terry McLaurin. 
So it's five Eagles, five Cowboys, one Commander, and zero Giants on. Uh, oh, and then you have the, to do the thing when people make a list like that, and they go, and a partridge and a pear tree. I don't know what that's all about. People do that. Like, they'll make a little bit like, well, I have X of this, Y this, Z this, and then somebody's like, and a partridge and a pear tree. That's the I've never, I don't know if I've heard that one. Um. Wow. Who's coaching this team? McCarthy? Yeah, it has to, <laughs> has to be McCarthy. Again, like... <laughs> Um, who's the yeah. offensive coordinator? I don't know. I don't. I don't really care. I don't have a passion. To I don't think it's there. a no-brainer that it's Kellen Moore. I don't either. I mean, <laughs> to be fair, uh, we ran a study, by the way, um, and I don't know the numbers off the top of my head. But uh, if you listen or want to Google it, Kellen Moore is entering his fourth season as offensive coordinator of the Cowboys. It is really rare that that a coordinator makes it to year four with the same team because well, yeah, they're either, it's like they're either like right. they're either fired or they like get a head coaching job. So like. I don't know how that makes me feel, you know, and like we, we talked about Tony Pollard and how criminal it is that he's been underused. His entire career is Kellen Moore's career as the offensive coordinator. So like if we want to sit here and be like, well, they haven't like found ways that's Kellen Moore. Like he's regarded as like oh. new and hip and innovative. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's just, you know, and I'm not saying he's trash. Like it's not always one or the other. Like, as we say, the truth is generally somewhere in between. Um, but yeah, so um, I feel pretty we good talked about, about- pet peeves before and that's one i wanted to bring up is just the the and I, I mentioned this to you i was on vacation to be clear in a hotel in san diego and i felt so passionately about this because i was assembling the oh. link and i had seen an article at blogging the boys and I, i'm not i'm trying not trying to call out btb or another writer specifically as much as just the off-season hype of players that gets out of control and like as it just seems like people never learn like there's no accountability with any of this stuff it's like this player is going to be great and then they do nothing or they're not that great. And it's never like revisited after the fact. It just goes into the next soft season. And sometimes it's the same player. And in, and in terms of Tony Pollard specifically, oh, they're using him in the slot more. And it's like, wow, this is mind blowing. And this is going to like make a world's difference. And then the season rolls around. And like I said to you, like maybe the Cowboys will use him in the slot, like, I don't know, like 2% more of the time, like more yeah. than it previously. But like, it's not going to be this like radical game changer that totally flips everything. It's like, it's just so dumb. I can't believe people, I, I get why people would want to buy into it. Again, I will never begrudge people for getting excited and being fans, but I, I can't understand like why people think this is actually as relevatory as it is. And all these fantasy football people jump on it. They're like, oh my God, did you see Howard being used in the slot? They're, they're totally going to make this creative. It's like, no, they're not. Because we haven't see, like, seen it yet. Why would, why would it all of a sudden just change? Like, you, to your point, especially, it's not even like it's a new offensive coordinator, a new head coach. It's the same thing. How is it radically being different now? So, like I told you that day uh, when we were chatting about it, um, th- I think this is the difference between, like, Cowboys fans and, like, people who follow the Cowboys, like you do, obviously. And I don't think – like, yes, like, I think on – like, on one hand – like average informed Cowboys fan is like, okay, cool. But that same person is also like, well, you've said this before and you've done this right. before. Like you've tried, you've trotted them out, like in OTAs and training camp, we've seen it before. We've literally seen you do it in games before. And then you stop doing it. So like, cool. Like we plan on doing it, but like, we need to see it to believe it. So like, th- I don't like, just to address your point, I don't think there's an informed Cowboys fan out there who is like foaming at the mouth. Like here it comes. Like, I think everybody is truly no, like, yeah. whatever. like they're, they're not going to do this. It's a, it's a similar thing like i told you i've told you before one of my pet peeves is like um like uh matt well let's go was a fifth round tackle taken by the cowboys this year and so like this happens every training camp and like eagles fans will do it with like day three picks or undrafted free agents like a lot of cowboys fans will be like well, i don't know i i think matt well let's go it's really gonna like impress no like you're confusing what you want 
with what you think like things you want are not things you think and like people like blend those two together so much and they'll be like i think insert like down the roster player here is going to show up and then they'll point to like the one example that's done it before it'll be like well Dak prescott made the team as a franchise quarterback as a fourth round pick every team in the nfl passed on tom brady multiple times yes like we can find an example to prove every single thing but the overwhelming likelihood is working against that so that's my pet peeve i think things are more set in stone in general just in life almost even than people want them to be or acknowledge that they are one of my things another pet peeve is and this actually worked for the eagles this year so maybe not the best example in this specific case but in general it's just like every time the team loses and the offense isn't good enough you just had to run the ball more if you just if you ran the ball more magically the offense would have been way better and again that actually was the case for last year's eagles but i don't think is literally always the case in every loss it was like oh well they didn't run enough it's that simple or like blitzing everyone's like if you just blitz more the defense will be better it's like it's not that simple and also the idea that you can just move players to different positions and that solves everything like man if you, this quarterback Ooh. he sucks if you move him to safety he's gonna be awesome it's like well, okay maybe but probably not even this this even happened i feel like a little bit not in a big big way but with like jj ortega whiteside everyone's always moving to tight end it's like who cares he basically was playing tight end last year that's like a that is such a non-starter like who cares like that that makes like like almost no difference but somehow people see these little tweaks like are this huge thing along those lines and like this is a little bit more mainstream but like the experience they have like as an athlete in a different sport is like like oh well he he, he like he knows because he's played lacrosse so he knows how to like get in the like dirt or uh, i also like a better example is like i hate when like people will be like well he knows what it takes to build a championship team because he's been part of it oh you're right he was the gm of that team for sure right like he he knows like about all the contract situations and everything that everybody was dealing with like he definitely understands all of that like that's a big deal but um yeah this this turned negative let's let's veer it back positive um <laughs> um i had two coffees today so i'm feeling pretty good yeah wow where from uh home in our little um thing. nespresso baby okay um, i like how you just didn't say espresso no that's the name of the brand nespresso no i'm yeah but i'm oh, okay but i like how i is thought it, you said espresso di- no it's the name of the brand like what you're saying is like oh it's so weird how you said nike like that's the name of the brand like that's what it's called the machine no, is I get it now. But I thought you just said I had, yeah, but like I'm saying espresso is the right way to say it, where some people will say espresso. There's no X. Oh, yeah, espresso. that's dumb. Um, I hate dumb things. So that's dumb. So I hate that thing. Um, okay. Uh, is there any one thing you want to say? Can be good, can be bad, can be in between, can be about life, food, arts, um, politics, religion, any one thing you just want to say? Stranger Things season four uh, not gonna spoil it obviously but really good uh finished really strong highly recommend people start from the beginning if they haven't already and watch the entire series because it's really good i think it's worth your time you're gonna love season four when you get there definitely worth it and uh write to sell and craft jerky discount code bgn 15 15 off mm. uh shout out to rachel our producer getting back from vacation looked like she had a good time um and shout out to the state what did we do last time wyoming is that the state we did or Mon- it was we did maine right um so what state do we want to be the official state of the nfc east mixtape for the next seven days 
Well, they have a good pizza, supposedly, in New Haven, Connecticut. Some of the best in the world, some would say. So I'm gonna give it to it's, Connecticut. Nah, we're not we're not going East Coast. Nah. It's Connecticut. No. Um Oregon. I want to go Oregon. Opposite direction. Or but I like when people say Oregon. I like that a lot. Shout out Justin Herbert. That's true. I also, by the way, um, this is the last thing to be negative and then last thing. I saw, I don't know who it was or what podcast I was listening to, and they were talking about Justin Herbert and how he was one time, like at one time, asked who his favorite like player was growing up. And the person Joey was like, and he, and, oh, yeah, and they were like, he said Joey Harrington. Isn't that so like interesting how you picked this like random? No, it's not interesting. He picked like a very famous organ player. Like, how it, like, how yeah. is this like shocking to you? You know what I mean? Like, it's like, what's stupid. wrong with that, too? Like, well, he's like, well like just, I, I don't mean, remember Joey Harrington's organ career, but I'm I'm guessing he was probably a good college player. No, like, he, but that's what I'm saying. Like the person who was who was like telling this story had no knowledge that Joey Harrington right. was an organ player. So like they were like, "Can you believe it?" Like it'd be like if they were like, "He said Taylor Heineke." Oh my gosh, how crazy <laughs> and cool! Like again, like just it's he's like 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 what did like i really don't know like didn't justin herbert's like grandfather or coach or play at organ like he has like an insanely long and rich like organ tie in history yeah. of course he would pick somebody from oregon like that's not shocking right. by, so i was i was annoyed at how the person thought it was shocking that's my ex expression i get that or my I'm annoyed that people think it's like dumb like no it's not dumb like he grew up in that no, area makes sense. He, that's who he yeah. watched it makes sense yeah hmm uh, miss me with all the organ uniforms. Don't like it. It's too much. Like you know, too many. Never. It's too I many. Yeah, like, maybe, I there has to be a happy medium where I think we need more uniform. Like you know, like the NBA, they experiment with different uniforms every year, and I think that's kind sure. of fun. And I don't think the NFL does that enough. They're just so locked in, and now they're going to be loosening that up a little bit this year. You know, with the third helmet being added and potentially being a, a fourth in the future. I know the Eagles said they're fighting for that. Um, so, you know, hopefully we'll see some more of that, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's supposed to be fun. Make it more fun. Yeah. I mean, like it, that's one of the things that like the NBA and major league baseball gets that the NFL doesn't, you know, people like make more stuff. People what does like the NFL it, do? That's like fun, you know, like, like for the sake of fun, what do they really do? You know, like the, like, like baseball will do like the field of dreams game, uh, mm -hmm. NBA will do, you know, like they, they tried to add a playing tournament. They tried to add, um, you know, different. I have, like, they do I have, different I have one answer. I can, I can think of one thing in the NFL, just one single thing. What? And it's not, it's not even like cool or fun. Uh, Roger Goodell will be like, come on, stop booing. Ha ha ha. Like that's the one, <laughs> that's the one thing. Um, but like that, and they I, I don't know. The number, like, the number that's stupid rule. too. Like that's actually not fun. That's dumb. I hate What's that. It's dumb, um, but like it's at least kind of player friendly in theory. I don't know um nah man like baseball gets it nba gets it like i like that baseball has like the astros when they're at home on sundays they wear the same like they only wear there's one jersey they only wear when they're at home yeah. on sundays i love that like i right. i love that you can like you can just like watch a highlight from any point like since they've started doing this a few years ago and you just know that like i and that's why i miss when teams would wear certain colors at home and certain colors on the road like do that like you know like Obviously, it's cooler. Like you have more options in basketball and baseball, but like it would be cool if like the Eagles were like, we only do this like on home Sunday games in the afternoon or something like that. That would be cool. Like you know, have fun. So they were kind of doing that with the black jerseys for a little bit. They would save them for like nighttime, primetime games. Like primetime, uh, yeah. Too against like the Giants. Typically, they'd usually wear them against the Giants because the Giants would be wearing their color rush of all white. So it'd be with the white, like the white, all white versus all black. Even, but even like you know, and we're about to leave. But like 
the, like yesterday or recording this on the fifth, like the, like baseball had the 4th of July, like arm sleeves and cleats and like that. So that's something they do let the players, they have the one week where they get to like have their unique cleats, but even, even they ruined that stuff. Like, I don't know if you've heard this story before. Peyton Manning said the, I think black is now an official part of the Colts color scheme. So I think they can use it now, mm. but at the time it wasn't. And the, the week that Johnny Unitas died, he asked if he could wear black cleats, like to honor him. And the NFL said, no, like, <laughs> right. Like, why? Like, what is the, what's the worst that could happen? I don't know. And Peyton, because he's goody boy, you know, Peyton two shoes, Manning. I really butchered that, but um, he didn't do it. He, and he said, I wish I had. Yeah, dude, pay the fine. You got all that Omaha Papa John's money. So um, whatever. Um, this was a good episode. Brandon, we love you. Um, the only thing I don't love about you today is your insistence on Dallas Goddard over Dalton Schultz. Um, I will leave the final noise, sound, or poem to you. However you want to end this. You want know, silence. I think silence. Support for this show comes from HubSpot. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Doing business has never felt harder. But you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You just need HubSpot. Because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this. High-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. Support for this show comes from Vanta. Dealing with loads of spreadsheets, juggling different tools, and having to do manual security checks, it can be a headache to keep up with today's compliance and security programs. Vanta is the trust management platform that wants to simplify things and bring all your trust-building efforts under one roof, making growth smoother for your whole organization. Vanta lets you automate up to 90% of compliance for SOC 2, ISO 27001, HIPAA, and more. Strengthen security posture and reduce third-party risk. Get $1,000 off Vanta when you go to vanta.com slash vox. That's V-A-N-T-A dot com slash vox for $1,000 off Vanta.